Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. You are watching Game Time Decisions. I am Gabriel Morenci, and I'm on the grid. Cam Stewart lives on the freaking grid. Let's do this thing, although I think we're both about to get electrocuted by the grid. The grid. But um, that's another story in it in itself. And, you know, we've talked about it. We're watching, you know, Chris Cuomo. And I knew Chris Cuomo would have a nice basement. He's like, uh, yeah, well, welcome to my basement. Nice yeah. game room. Much nicer than Conan with the guitar on the wall. Uh, but, you know, I see Anderson Cooper in a dark library. I'm seeing Chris Cuomo just basically in his basement chill, looking like Babano, who incidentally will join us. We're worried about Babano. So uh, Babano's <laughs> going to step up and in a little bit later on. And here you and I are. We're pristine metro, uh, major metropolitan shots. And people don't realize the torture uh, that we're going through. We're all in this together uh, right now. And I spoke to our boy Fizano, yeah. who's uh, one of the producers of the show. And uh, Mr. Iona, he's worn out. Oh, yeah, he's, he's tapping he, yeah. out. He, and he's, he's worn out. We got to keep the outtakes of this show. I just went absolutely ballistic about it two hours ago. Like, I almost just smashed the computer, the table. There's people out there. My, na- my neighbors already think I'm a weirdo because, you know, we do the shows in-game live before at midnight and we're screaming and stuff like that. But I'll tell you, Gabe, I am ready to snap. Yeah, and people don't seem uh, to realize uh, the most entertaining parts of these shows. And you wouldn't figure... We would have outtakes, just like when you're you're taping a couple of shows. But no, 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 uh, we actually do. And yesterday, I had like a real meltdown. Like I needed like 20, 30 minutes off. Like I, I got up, I was ready. Like I threw things down. I'm like dropping F-bombs and yelling. And, you know, earlier in the day today, Cam had a meltdown before the show started. And then uh, there was just uh, the meltdown 2.0. <laughs> it, was oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it was like the second wave. And, yeah, I got to tell you, man, like, uh, tensions are starting to rise here on game time decisions. They are. They are rising. And that's the thing. People don't understand. The sun goes down a couple degrees, this and that. Ooh, ooh, the shots, the shots. I got to tell you one thing, man. I am going crazy. I am going nuts. And I'll tell you, Gabe, it's just Groundhog Day. But instead of winning money, our Groundhog Day is just doing another show that we did because it didn't tape properly or something else. Like, I am ready to lose it. And uh, you know what's even worse? You can't even go out and just get smashed, drink some beer, oh, eat some chicken wings. Yeah, <laughs> blow off some steam with some people. Nah, I guess I could do it alone, but that's just a recipe for disaster. But, yeah, I don't know what to tell you, buddy. Uh, let's get her done. Let's, Listen, let's hope it's, for the best. It's the end of the world as we know it, all right? Um, they're letting people out of jail on a daily basis uh, right yeah. now. The Republican government is cutting checks uh, for everybody. Crazy. Um um, Mike Francesca's ripping Donald Trump, which I never thought I'd see the day. And Mike Francesca, the sports pope, and of course, you know, Francesca doesn't really need an introduction, uh, but just for anyone younger tuning in, because we do have people of all age groups. So Mike Francesca is a longtime radio host out of New York. He's been national as well over the years. He used to be on CBS on March Madness. I actually liked him in those days in the old days. I agree. Days. I liked he did him. a good job. I agree. Yeah, he did a great job, actually. Yep. But he's been around a long, long time. And, you know, his ego got massive and he's kind of been mailing it in uh, for years. But he really surprised everybody because he's a pretty big Trump supporter. And, you know, he went off. He's like, uh, he's like, you're on Twitter tweeting about stupid things. And there, there's piles of bodies five minutes from the house where you grew up in Queens. Like yeah. he, was, he was really going off. And people were really surprised about it. Uh, people were like, wow, Francesca's got life in him. He hasn't had a hot take in years, right? He actually like was he was accurate. He was on top of things. He's fired you know, Francesca up. Francesca doesn't know what time it is. Like he doesn't know what's real, what isn't real half the time anymore. So people were surprised. I was like, wow, I didn't see that coming. Yet that's one thing. And Francesca's a talk show host, so yeah, it's not surprising that he's gonna veer, you know, a veer away from what people think every now and then. Adam Schefter's another story. So every day when I wake up, I'm like, man, I hope like something happened and I hope like we have some positive news in the real world and the sports world. And when I wake up, the first thing I do is I'll check uh, the sports sites. I usually go to CBS 
Uh, I'll check CBS, ESPN.com, and uh, and SI.com. I'll sort of do a quick check of the three sites and say, all right, you know what I mean? And I'm always hoping that there's going to be something big. And I'll check the, the news sites after. All right, what's going on in the scary real world right now? Yeah. I'll check in with that after the fact. Um, but I got to tell you, when I woke up and I saw Adam Schefter, when I hit refresh and I saw Adam Schefter talking about the NFL, and it started off as like a normal NFL interview with Schefter, and Scott Van Pelt said, so is it, it's business as usual now in the NFL. He said, well, not really. He goes, mini camps are going to be canceled. He goes, there'll be no off-season programs. He goes, I got to believe training camps are going to be canceled. So he goes, is anything but uh, business as usual. And he goes, they are going on with the draft only because um, they're oblivious, uh, basically. And we'll get his exact quote, uh, but pretty strong words. Uh, very, very strong words um, for, from Adam Schefter. Not somebody who, you know, is going to rock the boat, especially when it comes uh, to the National Football League. And his exact quote was, the draft is happening only through the sheer force and determination. So that's where you, you figure, okay, sounds, uh, you know, like yep. he's going to kiss the ring of Goodell. Well, yeah, Scott, the draft is going on only through the sheer force and determination of the great commissioner, Mr. Roger Goodell. <laughs> no, but this is where he veered. The draft is happening only through the sheer force and determination and lack of foresight from the NFL, frankly. They are determined to put this on while there is carnage in the streets, says Adam Shafter. Now, we talked about Roger Goodell threatening general managers, all right, and owners, basically, about bad-mouthing the draft. Adam Schefter, like, the, I got to guarantee, Roger Goodell's got 99 problems, like Jay-Z. <laughs> He's got 99 problems. Adam Schefter was Schefter not one. one. Exactly. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, tough but, uh, you know, tough, to, tough but fair decision made by the commissioner in a difficult situation. Yeah. Like, Adam Schefter's the last guy in the world. It's like, dude, that's a Kirk Curb Street last week. I don't think there'll be college football. Yeah. Like, these guys that are, like, basically... Uh, there's another guy, Cam. It's crazy. Kyle Porter, his name is. He writes for CBS. He's a golf guy. Yeah. Does a good job. I enjoy his column. You know, he, he covers the tour well. But he's basically, like, a golf guy. Oh, it's a great, great sign. You know, great <laughs> tournament did a great job. Yeah. Great course. Great, you, yeah, you know the deal. Great lots of money. Love the PGA Tour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you want to stay in the thing, but... So he's kind of pretty safe, but he had a great uh, crack the other day. Uh, he said, uh, the only thing that surprises me right now is that uh, Ricky Fowler hasn't signed a deal uh, to endorse coronavirus yet. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Yeah, it's yeah, amazing. Man, oh, he's, he's got Ricky. sponsors for everything, right? Yeah, COVID-19. I'm Ricky Fowler. <laughs> Ricky Fowler. I might not make the cut, but yeah, Farmers Insurance, Puma, you name it, I've done it. He's doing rocket mortgages like... What the hell made this guy the representative of the tour? I, I don't get it, but that's great, Gabe. Yeah, it's bizarre. Yeah, but it's, he's a straight guy. That's the thing. I'm like, wow, that's kind of an edgy joke. You're assuming, like, like Ricky Fowler would get mad at that. He's like, dude, it's a virus, and you're saying I'm going to sponsor it? But I was surprised the straight-laced CBS golf guy that he said that. That's awesome. So, so Adam Schefter, like, this is like Bob McKenzie ripping the NHL or something. That's Yes. Like, and even more so, because like we were saying, so Roger Goodell, he's upset at any general manager or anybody that badmouths the draft. Adam Schefter is the last guy in the world. He's like the least, con like Jay Glazer, I would expect this. Yeah. Like yeah. Jay Glazer, like, you know, on TMZ outside and on the street. Oh, yeah, stupid. You know, I can't believe they're doing this. Jay Glazer wouldn't shot. Adam Schefter, bro, is the last guy in the world that I would expect to rip. Not just say, yeah, you know, it's kind of weird they're having a draft, we'll see. To state that, quite frankly, um, you know, once again, uh, quite frankly, their lack of foresight. Oh, wow. That's strong words. It lack is strong words. That's strong words towards the commissioner. And then to go on, they are determined to put this on while there is carnage in the streets. Hey, man. Listen, I think, like it is. <laughs> I think Adam Schefter lives in New York. Yep. He sees what's going on, and we talk about it, Cam. We always talk about these dates and about when normalcy comes. There are optics to this. As, as in, not just optics, as in, like, you know, you should care and say, well, you know, I don't really care who gets drafted right now fourth overall when everyone's, like, dying in the hospital right now. Yep. 
right? So it's one of those deals. I, you know, but this is where the this is where like dogs and cats are and everything and everything's changed because I will defend Roger Goodell. Me too. This is how crazy the parallel <laughs> universe is now. I know. Bernie Sanders three weeks ago wanted to give money to everybody and he was a pinko commie. Yep. Now everyone's getting free checks in the mail, right? Like it's it's turned upside down and. You know what's crazy? I've I've ripped Schefter over the years quite a bit. I've always said, oh, he's the biggest lackey. All he does is read league memos. He's got no balls. I don't even listen. I don't listen to him. He's a waste of time. You know what I mean? I'm like, he's just a company guy. So that's what I'm saying. He's the last guy in the world I would expect to do this. No, it's awesome. You're right. Is he a cyborg? Is it his doppelganger? I don't know what the, what's happening in the world game. You said it. All these guys that used to do, you know, let's play by the book. They're ripping, they're ripping their bosses. They're ripping the leagues. And me and you, who have ripped them all the time using common sense, actually think the draft can go off without a hitch. It can. Hey, Listen. how you doing, Joe Burrow? He sits there on Skype or whatever. Video call. How you doing? You're the first overall pick by the Bengals. Thank you very much, guys. Yeah, well, very simple. That's exactly it. And listen, I'm all about safety right now. I really am. Because it, the, unless we all get safe, none of us are going to be safe. Yeah, very true. And it sounds, you know what I mean? It's true, though. Like, it, you know, if you're if you're not in New York now, you're thinking, oh, it's just a New York thing. No, it's going to be oh, somewhere else tomorrow or next week. And we're all in it together uh, in that sense. So, you know, but I get it in the sense of you're not putting people in danger by holding this NFL draft. Is it, is it awkward? Is it hard for the general managers? Yeah. Yes. But the fact of the matter is every general manager is in the same boat, right? Every general manager has the same information. Every general manager, um, you know, scouting the same way. You have an opportunity. And, then, you know, they're, oh, you can't talk to the players. Yeah, you can through video. Video conference. Right? Like FaceTime, <laughs> Skype, you know, and, Zoom, yeah. all this other stuff, right? Don't worry about their background. Back, back background. But, they can be like owning and have a guitar on the wall, Gabe. I watch, yeah. I still don't get that. I watch, um, I watch, um, I watch the Twilight Zone pretty much every night. Twilight Zone, uh, but the other night there was like a Twilight Zone uh, marathon on, and it was all the good ones. It was just, it was a nice run of like, ah, oh, this is a good one, and that's a good one. I remember them all, and I almost think we're we're like we're like living in an episode of the Twilight Zone right sure. now. I agree, and I, I can just picture Adam Schefter right now, Cam. He's on a spaceship, and Adam Schefter is tied to a chair, and basically there's a body double costing Adam Schefter's career on ESPN right now. Sort of like Fred Flintstone, when there was a double, remember in Fred? Yeah, or, <laughs> like, yeah, or in the started, Wait, wait, yeah. Flinton and Dole with the space aliens? Hello, I'm Bob Dole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then Fred Flintstone had a double. He yes. once created his own double. Uh, how he did it with the green, the the the, the green gazoo. Like he was able to create a double, yep. but he didn't realize like the double like told Slade off and stuff and cost him his job. <laughs> <laughs> so I just picture like Adam Schefter is on a spaceship camp, and he's basically like you know he's like magnetically stuck to a wall somewhere, and he's watching himself on TV ripping Roger Goodell in the NFL, and he's <laughs> like, it's not me. It's not me. It's a double. Like, and, and it's not like Adam Schefter can say I was hacked. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's the big thing on Twitter. You say something really crazy. And listen, uh, uh, yeah, listen, I was hacked. <laughs> I was hacked. It's like, well, you weren't hacked. You know, you went on the Scott Van Pelt show and you said that uh, I'm determined to do this through a lack of foresight. And, uh, and while there's carnage uh, in the streets, Listen, Cam, we don't have a lot of stuff to bet on right now besides Belarus because these guys are nuts. Oh, yeah. But, well, yeah. but as a betting man, and you've been in this industry a long time, and so have I, and yep. I've gotten these calls. I've gotten these calls. As a betting man, I guarantee you, Adam Schefter's phone is blowing up today, and yeah. they're not fun phone calls. No, Even not. though the guy's made money in his career, like he's getting ripped hard right now. Oh, big <laughs> Yeah. I love it though. I love it. Me and you are the good guys now, right? Like, hey, Goodell, you're great. Yeah, Give so him hell, Goodell. Give him hell. How dare he? Yeah, exactly. Hey, Raj, yeah, good you stuff. Great, We're going to come out of this lockout. It's going to be you and me on the NFL Network. We're the insiders. <laughs> I'm Gabriel Brunson, along with Cam Stewart of Sports Grid, and we're the NFL insiders. Uh, we hear that Andy Dalton's on the way to Dallas, backup quarterback, Cam. <laughs> <That's true. laughs>
Yeah, we're, we're, yeah, like Adam Schefter doing this is like out of everything that's gone on in the world in the last like three weeks or a month or whatever, dude, somehow this Adam Schefter story blows me away more than anything. <laughs> that's the thing, because you've never seen a more company guy, right? And it's almost like these guys, these guys are so sick and it's just like, what the hell? I really don't care. It's actually nice that he did this because you know he now actually can fight back or have an emotion because he's bowed down to that league so many times. It's almost like I respect him for it. Even though me and you say the draft goes on, I've gained respect for yeah. him. It makes me wonder, though, because I remember once I saw Anderson Cooper, and uh, Blagojevich. You know Blagojevich, the governor of Illinois with the great do? He's got a great lid. Blagojevich. That guy's got a lid. He, he looks sketchy. That guy's up to something. Well, yeah, he did time because he was selling Senate seats. So, yeah, he's up to something. Yes. So, Blagojevich got pardoned by Trump, right? And so he's out. And he went on the Anderson Cooper show. And he's like, you know, I saw I learned in prison about how unfair the judicial system is. And I'm going to do a lot of work. And Anderson Cooper, like, ripped him. Like, really, really hard. Like, I've never seen someone on the news dip. He's like, you're a liar. And he goes, pardon my language, but he's like, you're full of, he starts going off. He goes, how dare you? He goes, you know, you left all these people to rot when you were governor. You're a horrible governor. You deserve to go to jail. He went off. And I was like, wow. I was like, that was pretty impressive, actually. And everyone was like, that's journalism. That's old school, how you stand up to, to authority and all that. And I looked at it and I was like, yeah, good job, Anderson. But how come you, how come you only did it to him? Right, yeah. like you only singled him out. You don't do it to anyone else. You give everyone else a free pass. But you know, I'm not going to pat you on your back because you showed integrity one night out of three six five on the air. Yeah. Right? Let's just so it's sort of the same thing with Schefter. I give him, I give him props for this, but like you stated, it just makes you realize, like all these years, Schefter. But I'm not going to criticize him, Ken. You and I live different lives. These guys, Adam Schefter's a millionaire, bro. Yeah, yeah. He He's not an athlete. He's a millionaire for breaking, for talking to an NFL GM who tells him, yeah, the trade's going to be announced in five minutes. I'll give it to you. Exactly. Right? And the guy, so I'm not going to criticize him. Maybe I should have kissed more ass in my life, too. You could say the same, maybe, right? Yeah. Like One thing, we'd be a hell of a lot richer if we, uh, you know, told the company line a lot more. But <laughs> I, I got to tell you, I got to tell you, like, those calls, man. Like ESPN, gonna be like, you pissed the NFL off. Goodell's gonna personally call him. Oh, he's and, yeah, his phone's blowing up. Goodell's got the power too that he could say, he could he could get Shepard cut off. Like he basically like he wouldn't want to look at like, try to get him fired like this right away, but he could put word out. Don't give Shepter any information anymore. Yeah. After other the guy badmouth is like this, make his life difficult for the next year or two because of this. All hey, right. I have a feeling that Roger Goodell is as, as vindictive as any New York mob boss can. I don't think you want to piss Goodell off. That one, 100%. This guy's in his doghouse, not for like a year, for life now. <laughs> DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. You are watching Game Time Decisions. I am Moretzi. I'm on the grid, and so is the Raging Redhead, Cam Stewart. And so are you. We appreciate you getting on the grid. Uh, with us and tuning into all of our programs. Shout out to everybody uh, at the network. We haven't seen anybody. We're all in uh, isolation uh, right now. All right. Um, so we were talking about Adam Schefter um, questioning the wisdom of Roger Goodell and the National Football League uh, holding their draft. It's bizarre world. Both me and Cam agree with Roger Goodell that they should move forward with the draft. As it, you know, like I said, it's bizarre world. It's Twilight Zone uh, stuff here, guys. Um, that Roger Goodell is right when he said in the memo, guys, there's no better date coming. Like, he basically That's said, exactly like, try to what do you, this now. And he's what, even saying, if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. But I'm not canceling it. I he's agree. Said, it's not a live sporting event, guys. Like, canceling the draft is like saying you need to cancel, like, Fox News tonight. You know what I mean? Yeah. Guys, the NFL studio in Los Angeles, I think it's on a Paramount studio lot, whatever. Guys. Like you see it on TV, it's one of those big like airport hangar studios. It's huge. Right? 
No yep. one's going to be in danger. You're not recklessly endangering anybody. You can have like, you know, one host in, you know, one part 30 feet away, another desk. That No one's going to be in any danger. The players aren't going to be there. They're all going to be at home anyways. So I don't have a problem with going on with the draft. I'll reiterate that. But we can, we can get on you know, with that. One thing I will say, though, we talked about it on our last show about Arthur Blank throwing it out there that, yeah, there's not, uh, there's probably not going to be fans. Like, even if we do play, and I'm not sure we are uh, going to play, college football is in a bigger concern right now. They got man. big problems. The Everything NFL can manage, right? They can pull things off. They have money. They're not publicly institu- funded institutions. They're not risking kids' lives. You know what I mean? There's a different variable. And think of college football. It's all over the place, Ken. It's spread out around the country, like the coronavirus will be. So even though, like, you know, New York might not be a hotbed anymore, Louisiana is now. And then Texas will be and Florida will be. College football has a lot of challenges ahead, guys. Like, Kirk Herbstreet wasn't just talking for nothing. Another guy like Adam Schefter that doesn't like rocking a boat, all right? And everyone's like, oh, he's not a doctor. What does he know? Well, he's a college football expert, so he knows about college football. Uh, All right, so I wanted to get to uh, Tom Brady. Tom Brady, Tampa, although big shocker here, uh, he shook Chris Godwin down for the number 12. Yeah, camp. yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> yeah, you think, yeah, yeah, here's a tip. Yeah, uh, yeah, you 14, 14. Yeah, come on. You knew this was going to happen. And I got to be honest with you. What, what's Brady, like, what do you, what's he giving Godwin? Like, poorer guys give, like, Rolexes. And, like, you better give Godwin. You've made so much damn money. You better give him like a nice package. I, I kind of want like the prices right, both showcases, because you get, I guess it's Tom Brady, but still Godwin could have been a prick about it. If that, and you know, Gabe, he wanted it so bad. What do you think he deserves? I think, I think a lot of stuff. Regular uh, guys have like good gifts. Well, what, what are you looking at? Uh, you know, it's generally, generally you're looking at a Rolex. Yeah, a Rolex is a good gift. A Rolex? Yes, and something else. Like a, uh, yeah, I, you know what? For something like that, I'd say like not just a Rolex Rolex, but like a $25,000 yeah. watch. Like a I want a Rolex. k like a, you know, Godwin, get him a nice blingy Rolex. Duds, and, I want diamonds in there. And then maybe like a, you know, a $5,000 bottle of whiskey or wine or something. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah, you get this guy, find out what he likes to drink. You want to give him 10 grand cognac? You're not giving him I, a Lamborghini. You're not giving him a car, right? Like, I'm expecting a top-end Rolex, preferably with jewels in it, and, and, and a nice bottle. Okay, I can live case, with that. A case of premium uh, uh, spirit, not, not Conor McGregor, uh, proper 12 or anything like that. <laughs> like, yeah, like the bottle's got to be over like 1000 bucks. Start there. Yeah, it's got to be real, real alcohol, not that Conor McGregor, not that Conor McGregor stuff. Um, All right, so you and I talked uh, about um, the SEC a lot and the SEC draft props over at FanDuel, and it's 15 and a half players, guys, in the first round for the uh, Southeastern Conference uh, players to be drafted in the first round. 15 and a half. It's like minus 152 to the over. It's a lot of players, guys. Sure is. Like that's it's basically that's half the draft. There's 32 teams, 32 draft picks. That's Some right. teams drafting multiple picks, but whatever. 50%. You've got to get to 16 to win a bet. Half the freaking first round has to be players from the SEC. Cam, you did the, the number crunching already on this, and you came up with 14, 15. Yes, yes I did. And you know, even not even really. Like I, you know, listen, I looked. I'm seeing 13, yep. 14. 15's not even a guarantee. There become sort of variables to this. And I'll tell you what, DeAndre Swift is a big variable to this, being a running back out of the SEC. Is he going to be a late first-round pick? He probably is. But even if he is, I'm including him. I, I You know, listen, I'm getting basically half the league against, against one conference. I, I'm going to bite on this bet, Ken. The more I crunch the numbers and I look at the mock drafts, and what makes sense. It's going to be tight, but I think they get to 14-15, and therefore we're going to win the bet. Yeah, no, I've done different uh, companies' mocks, you know, flipped up a couple things, taken a look. There are going to be trades. We can't take into account for that, but I will say this. I think there'll probably be 15 guys, 
And that's the thing. You need 16 to win. And the, the whole key to the bet is the minus 155, 160. We take the under, we get 40 cents. I like that bet anyway. You know, the Big Ten's going to have representatives. If Easton from Washington slips in there, that's a Pac-12 school. So I think it's going to be interesting. 14-15, I'll bite and I'll take the juice game. I think it's a very good bet because, you know, yeah, sure, there could be 16, but I don't see more than that. And we're getting plus money to the under. You'd be, it's a very prudent bet. If that thing's available on any of my sites, I hit it. You know, there's a bet that I want to bring up. Um, and we talk about the fluid, the fluid situation when you're talking about a draft is the over-under prop for Tua right now. And it's two and a half, but it's plus 300 to the under. Plus 300 to the under. And I got to tell you, Cam, I legitimately believe, and you know, you're, you're seeing a lot of talk about this. I think there's going to be a trade. I do There's too. always trades in the NFL draft. And I believe Tua is too good of a quarterback. Like people are talking about, oh, being drafted fifth or sixth overall. The Chargers aren't getting him if they wait till six. And if the Dolphins like him, you, you got problems waiting to five because someone might leapfrog you. I think that the Redskins and maybe the Detroit Lions are both open for business uh, when it comes to for, for, for the pick. Detroit's interesting. You and I differ. You think the two is a possibility I for do. the Detroit Lions. I, do. I don't. I don't see yeah. it happening. Uh, but I do see a legitimate trade up to number two happening. I think two is that good, and I think a general manager is going to listen. Somebody traded up to the two spot, guys, to get Mitch Trubisky. Don't tell me someone's not trading up to the two spot to get Tua. Someone's going to panic. Uh, so basically, you're betting plus three hundred that that deal happens. I think it's a pretty good bet. Hey, listen, I told you this before, and I'll say it again. Tyrod Taylor can't be the starting quarterback of the LA Chargers. I'm sorry. He, he's been proven he's a backup. We saw when he left Buffalo, went to Cleveland, Gabe. He was horrible horrible when Baker Mayfield came. Remember that Jets game? I was like, is, is this guy even an NFL quarterback? His skill set's regressed. He he doesn't throw the ball accurately. They need a real franchise quarterback. And I'll tell you something else. If you look, I'll give you my theory. If I get odds, like crazy odds, I'll bet it. The Jacksonville Jaguars, I told you this. I think there's a cultural problem on this team. They got too many badasses on their team. They don't listen. They pick fights. I think Tua is the type of player that can galvanize a, a struggling team. And I'll tell you something. You're not going to win with the guys that you got there. Yeah, Gardner Minshew, good luck. Good luck with you. You know what, Jaguars? You need a real Most of those guys are gone, order. though. Yeah. Jacksonville, they're one by oh, one. They're not oh, the oh, same oh, team. Yeah. I, they need a quarterback, though. Oh, they do. They do. I, I'm not. Well, listen, every year they need a quarterback. And every year they sign a new quarterback and they go through a new one. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not down with Gardner Minshew either. I'm not. I'm not buying. I think he's a backup. I yeah. think if he didn't, if he didn't have a mustache and he wasn't a goofball, no one would care about the kid. Exactly. Right. But he's 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 eccentric, and people pay attention to eccentricness. He's a grinder, though. I'll give him credit. No, he's, he's not terrible. Yeah, no. Like he he tries. He uses the. Is most he taking you to a Super Bowl? No. no. But he works his ass off. He's a, he's he's a guy. He's a backup. I agree, 100. percent But a quality one. Okay, so speaking of quality, it's a quality NFL draft that we have, guys. Um, and you know, no no one's going to disagree about the the depth and the quality of the wide receivers in this draft. Me and Cam have uh, isolated it. There's talk of uh, over under five and a half in the first round taken uh, in the first round. And uh, there's 14 to 17 blue chip, really right. solid wide receivers out there. And more, and more. But uh, that's what we're saying. It's just they're, they're that good, the wide receiver class. Running back class, pretty freaking good. good. Um, you know, see, I've been talking to people, and, you know, I want to start getting in. We've been focusing so much in on the offense. You know, there's defensive props. There's two guys. Um, so we'll get into some of the defensive props. So I want to take a look at the safety position. But it seems, Cam, that the safety position is sort of the weakest one of the bunch, according to, you know, to everybody, all the scouts. They're like, yeah, it's okay. They're okay. You know, yep. there's some good players there, but it's not that – you know, oh, yeah, yeah, this guy's amazing. You got to get him. Yeah. I'm not saying that these guys aren't good, but I'm just saying there's been a safety drafted in the first round of the NFL draft every year since 2011. It's debatable whether it's going to happen this year or not, but it might happen actually this year, Ken. I'm going to tell you, that's exactly what I was going to say, Gabe. If you look at the projections, right, for the two safeties, they're around, if they do go in the first round, it's 27-29 area. That could change like this couple good receivers go off the board. The team goes, we're not going to get our guy. We need to get, 
you know, Johnson from Minnesota. We've got to do something right now. I will tell you this. I will take the under. If it was two and a half, I'd put like $2,000 on it because we know there's going to be one maybe. Maybe it's one zero. and a half safeties taken in the first Ugh, round. That's, that's the problem. It's so hard. It's so hard because Del Pitt will go early second or late first. Well, Xavier uh, McKinney out of McKinney, Alabama. He's probably the first one taken. He's, yeah, it's yeah. minus 190, that prop. Who's the first safety taken? Yep. You don't know. The thing is, McKinney, he's sort of like he's projected to be the first one taken, but it's not like every scout and every general manager in the NFL is like, oh, yeah, it's a slam dunk. He's the best safety. It's a lot like what kind of safety you're looking for. And McKinney is very versatile. You know, he can tackle. He can he can intercept the pass. He's a good tackler. He's smart, high football IQ, played yep. for Nick Saban, um, played well in big games, has never really ever been burnt. Like, he's pretty much got an impeccable record. He can play both positions, too. You know, he can play yes. both positions. So, if that makes sense. He, he, he's an asset. You're right, though. He's not like some guy. Like, he's not the second coming of Steve Atwater, but he's very, very, very good. That's yeah, the so thing. the thing is, the yeah. Delpit kid out of LSU, very raw, but great athlete, and you, could have a big, big NFL upside. Like, some guys like Delpit better than McKinney, right? Well, Even though McKinney had a better college career, per se. It was less, yeah. less picked on. But another thing, I don't know if this is fair. One thing about Delpit is, but this will happen to the NFL, so it's a good comparison. But, you know, they're talking about his numbers and stuff this past year. They're like, oh, he was better two years ago. Yeah, if you look at LSU played in a lot of games where they won like 59 to 30 and stuff. Yeah. The defense eased up. Other teams were throwing all the time. You know, so I don't know how critical I can be the kid. I, I know he's an ultra talent, but I would lean to I would lean to the under one and a half. I don't think they're both going to get drafted in the first round. And then ultimately, this is going to make you uh, feel old because I know it makes me feel old because Antoine Winfield, of course, former Buffalo Bill, yeah. his son, uh, right now is also a standout uh, defensive back safety. Minnesota Golden Gopher. This kid's more of a DB slash safety. I agree. Right? Like, he's going to be great in the NFL for nickel packages. He's a ball hawk, seven interceptions, special athlete, uh, NFL pedigree and DNA, been around football his entire life. Very, very good football player. He's 10 to 1 to be the first safety taken. I don't know if it's worth a roll of the dice, maybe. You know, you're getting Delpit at plus 160 and Winfield at uh, at, at 10 to 1. I he can't really run to nah. the window and bet minus 190 on McKinney. No, I, won't, I wouldn't do that either. I don't think Winfield's going to go one or two. He'll probably go three. But I will say this. When you have a pedigree and a father like that, know what it comes down to? Out of raw talent and skill, I think Delpit offers the most upside. But, you know, he fell asleep in big games. Like, I watched some games where he just, you know, he was also hurt. Let's remember he was also hurt. But I think Winfield is the type of player, he might have a little bit less of a skill set, but his work ethic, pedigree, and everything else, he might turn out to be the best of them just because he'll just work his ass off. He just looks like one of those type of guys, a real grinder. And uh, I think that's good for business. And uh, Del Pitt's an interesting specimen. He could be like one of the best, like an all-star, or he could be a bust. I think it's all about his attitude. And Del Pitt will be very, very, very key, actually, Come when it comes to the SEC yeah. versus the rest of the world, yeah. right? Because if I tell you, if he's not a first round pick, they're not getting there. Yes, yeah. you count it like he's projected to be like 22nd, 25, like that late sort of 20s, similar yeah. to McKinney. But it's a good point that you raise because what happens is there's all these stud wide receivers, so then teams are like, Well, our division rival just got this stud wide receiver, we better get a DB. Yeah. Right. We got we got to we got to get DBs to like defend ourselves from from this vicious passing attack that we're going to be facing uh, right now. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with the safeties. But I still don't think they're both going to go in the first round. No. Like when when you add up the quarterbacks, four quarterbacks, five or six wide receivers, the linemen. Like the running backs and the safeties are going to get pushed aside, I think. The crazy thing is, as to your point, when you open up the segment, there might be zero taken. These guys could be like 32, 35. They're, they could be very early yeah. second round picks, right? Because I'll tell you one thing. If there's a team that likes a receiver, they know in the second round with that group and there's a certain guy you have circled, you might have, just to, you might have to go get him because he's not going to be there the next time that you go around, even though there are good ones. So it's this is actually... Right. Teams will roll the dice more, you're right. Yes. On, on offensive guys, 
Like they're they're like, wow, we'll get another safety a little bit later. We're not going to force it right now. Let's grab this. Let's let's grab DeAndre Swift with the thirtieth pick instead of the safety. We'll get another safety after, right? Like there's the skill position guys sort of go late in the first round uh, more than a safety or a linebacker or something like that because it's sort of a gamble pick for a team. So they're looking more for the upside. Um, you know, I'm not saying these aren't good football players, right? No, they're, they're, they're all these kids players. are very good football players, but we're just comparing it to the class and the depth. It's not an incredibly great safety class, really. And like I said, some guys like McKinney a lot, but it's not a slam dunk that he's the first one taken. So I don't think it's a good bet at minus 190. No. I would, I, you know, I guys, think I'll bet at plus yeah. 160. Yeah, sometimes you got to roll a dice on a bet. I'd even sprinkle a little bit on Winfield. All it takes is one general manager, bro, late in the first round to say, you know what? I like him better than the other two. I don't care what people think. All it takes is one. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Time decisions continues. I am Gabriel Morenci. Bob Bano will be stepping up and in a little bit later on. We can't do uh, we can't do three people on at once, unfortunately. Two stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's two, two. Two's enough of a challenge as it is. Exactly. <laughs> what time is it? Oh, geez. So, Babano, uh, me, Babano will chill for uh, for a little while. But Cam uh, will return. Uh, but I, uh, we cracked that joke. I give credit to Kyle Porter uh, for it. Uh, from CBS for like the only thing that he's uh, he's surprised that uh, Ricky Fowler hasn't signed an endorsement deal with coronavirus yet. Uh, there's been some good sports ones along the way. <laughs> oh, good, that's so good. Yeah. The other oh. one, the other Kevin Durant one was pretty good. Uh, Kevin Durant saw coronavirus is winning, so he decided to join them. <laughs> <laughs> this is like late night uh, talk show soliloquies. Hey, hear the one about Kevin Durant coronavirus? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. no, no. We, we, they're trying to light, lighten the mood. I, I like that. Yeah, no, what does mood. suck is everything's getting canceled, including the Masters. Uh, I want to bring up, though, the Masters actually did donate $2 million to local families, um, I saw. So that's something. Uh, at least you showed something. The PGA Tour, it's the best charitable. Like, they give away money, man. Like, that St. Jude Hospital for kids that are sick, like, Think about how, how much money it takes to run. They, the PGA Tour basically funds that place. So I know some of these guys are, you know, not the nicest guys in the world. Some are really cool. But when it comes to charity and taking care of business, like Jack Nicholas, Barbara Nicholas, and the PGA Tour, they do a lot. That's all I'm going to say. They give. Yeah, no, they do. They do. They, 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 they do raise a lot of money. Um, so so speaking, of, speaking of the Masters and stuff, and John Wertheim over at Sports Illustrated, um, you know, an old school writer. Great writer. Right. Not just, you know, you know, doesn't write stats and stuff. He's a writer, writer, does interviews, investigative journalism, uh, et cetera. Uh, very, very good. He's one To me, he's one of the best guys out there. You know, one of the best guys, one of the only guys. There's not a lot of long-form writing out there. There are some out there. Um, Dailybeast.com uh, has some good writing every now and then, some good stories about sports and crime and stuff. But John Wertheim's always got great stories, usually about every two months or so, because it takes him a while to really, you know, to put it together. Once a month, I'd say he's got yeah. a cool one like this. Uh, I don't know. I think he might have a monthly thing. So story about um, his name is Michael Crane. And uh, here it is. He missed his master's moment and uh, robbed a bank instead. <laughs> uh, is the headline. So That's Michael great. Crane arrived at Augusta, a rising star. His video editing skills sought for every big sporting event on TV. He left in a cop car, uh, high and headed for jail for an audacious robbery. So... Basically, this is a guy, he's a normal guy, sports fan. Normal guy, sports fan from uh, from Alabama. All right? So he plays a little college football yep. out of Western Alabama, plays for a year. He's 5'9", a little small, smaller guy to be playing football. Um, but he, he, he had a kid when he was in college, and he realized, you know, I'm not playing in the NFL. And, you know, he wasn't – so he had a family and et cetera, and he had a wife and – um, so he, he gives up football. Yeah. He gives up uh, football and, um, he works at a bank. So he's just living a normal life. He's, you know, he's, he's 21 years old, 20 years old. He's working at a bank and, um, he, he doesn't, gets, like the bank. Uh, doesn't like the bank life. Boring. 
Boy's yeah. working like literally in a basement of a bank in Alabama. Yeah, great. And um, but he's a sports fan. And he told his father, I'd like to work for ESPN somehow. That'd be cool. And his father was like, Yeah, good, good luck, son. Like, why don't you just try to like pay your bills, right? Yeah. So a friend of his uh, that he knew said, Listen, I got a gig for you if you want. Basically, shoot high school football, high school basketball events, or whatever in Kentucky, and you know, cut it up and basically we're gonna use it for local news broadcasts, which is very similar to our boy Jorge in, in, in Vegas. Let's cut some high, high school videos. We'll make yeah. some money. Hire the kids. Good old Jorge. Right, boy, you're Cameron Renzi. I got to go do the Bishop Gorman game. Like, uh, quite the operation you're running here. Uh, so, yeah, great. Funny, funny guy, Jorge. So, so, this guy, so this guy, Michael Craig, so he starts working at Kentucky stuff. He's pretty good at it. Um, he gets, you know, he starts to climb up the sports ladder a little bit. And his big gig, his first big gig is he leaves Kentucky and he goes to Lake Placid, New York for the outdoor games. And he meets somebody in the outdoor games, like uh, one of the bosses there that's, uh, you know, broadcasting it. And the, the boss asks him, can you work an EVS machine? And he didn't even know what an EVS machine was. <laughs> but he said, hell yeah, I can. Right? He said to the guy, oh, yeah, I can. And he said, all right, great, because he was a freelancer. So he said, I'll use you tomorrow. Great. So he said he panicked. He went back to the hotel and he started reading up on the EVS machines and stuff. And basically, an EVS machine, kind of like a little mixing board. There's dials yep. and knobs and stuff, but it's precise. You can edit like video on it, right? Precisely and stuff. And basically, this guy was a natural at it. Like he got it right away. And they were like, damn, you're pretty good. And like, so he was so good. He did the outdoor games. His career starts to take off, okay? He's getting calls. Hey, do you want to do um, the Olympics? Um, we got it. We got a gig for the Olympics for you. Paris Open. So nice. he's, he's from a small town in Bama. Uh, His dreams gigs. have come true. Yes. He wanted to be in sports. Suddenly he's like staying in like nice hotels in Paris. Um, you know, he's at the Olympics in Greece and Athens. Nine fifty a day, almost yeah. a grand a day. Good money. Thousand dollars. He's making seven hundred bucks a day plus per diem yep. and then plus overtime. So over a thousand a day. Yep. He was so hot in the industry that John Madden was known for the teleprompter. And John Madden said, I want to get that crane guy to do my highlights. He's the best in the business. Like, he was known among the big of the big guys, yeah. like Bob Costas and Madden, of like, yeah, yeah, that crane guy is the best like guy out there. So he climbed the ladder as a freelancer, and he reaches somewhat of a pinnacle, which... We should mention growing up, too, it was one of his dreams to be a golfer at uh, Augusta, like everyone. Yeah. Who doesn't dream of sinking a putt at Augusta, right? Exactly. So he's like, he calls his dad, hey, unbelievable, I'm, I'm working the Masters. <laughs> he's one of the head guys of the Masters, like, things. Highlight packages. Top yep. of the food chain of, like, production, the Masters. That's huge. All right. Now, we should note over the years on the road, he was drinking a lot. He got divorced. His wife and him broke up because he was never at home. Yeah. He never saw his kid. He was drinking a lot. And not just drinking, but he was getting into the uh, the uh, powders. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the powders. And not not sweetener, ultra low sweetener. <laughs> coffee. Not, not Splenda? No, no. No, not Splenda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no, not Splenda. So, yeah, he, had, uh, he was doing a lot of coke. Yeah. And basically everything. He was just basically yeah. like he was partying his ass off all the time, but not in a fun way. Like he was kind of a mess up. But so one of his workers at the Paris Open, he shows up and they're like, yeah, you can see he was in bad shape. <laughs> and I guess one of the bosses sort of told him, listen, I don't care what you do in your personal life, but if it starts affecting your job, we got a problem here. Yeah. Mate, all right. And he said, you're really talented, but. You know, chill out, bro. I guess because he showed he's showing up hungover and stuff. But they said it didn't affect his job. They said he was great. They said we never really could say anything because we knew. They said, yeah, you could tell that he was always at this day away from disaster, but that he did his job so well all the time, like us, right? So, <laughs> like he, so he was functioning, right? He's a coke addict. He's drinking, but he loves his job and he's functioning at it greatly. Yep. Except he's screwing up and he's like things are falling apart for him. So he goes to Augusta and he shows up. So this is 2007. He shows up on the Sundays, the tournament's starting. 
So he's going to be there, you know, Wednesday. They have the par three and, and all that type of stuff. And there's production meetings with CBS all week, obviously, for something this big. So he's supposed to get there Sunday. And his first meeting is Monday. Monday morning, all serious. Yes, yeah. sir. You know, with the, the Masters people and the broadcast, what they want uh, to look like and everything. So he goes out. And Cam, you've been to Augusta. Small yes. town, right? And shady, very, very, very small town and shady. Don't let the Masters broadcast fool you. Once you got, don't hit Magnolia Lane, the rest of Augusta, rough. Yeah, so he went out and uh, he had a couple of drinks. And um, he looked for some, uh, some drug dealers. He found them, right? So he found two dealers, um, and he spent $1,500 on crack, cocaine and crack, and drinking all night in a hotel room with the dealers. That's a he lot invited of the dealers back. <laughs> That's true. He invited the dealers <laughs> back to his hotel at Augusta. Yeah, that's it. That hey, was mistake number one. No, mistake number one was buying the blow. Yeah. And mistake number two is inviting the street guys back to your hotel with you. Do it so, yourself. <laughs> What's he doing? Yeah, so he goes, well, he's lonely. He's on the road. He likes talking. That's the thing. He liked telling people about sports and name dropping. Yeah. And people loved his stories. Imagine you're doing blow. And he's like, oh, yeah, I know Tiger Woods. And you know what I mean? Like, he... We work, yeah. Yeah, cool. I work. I work at the French Open, like, and basically, like, he works Super Bowls and stuff. The guys, so like, he did have great sports stories. So, so he does the blow all night. He's smoking crack in the in the hotel all night. He's out of money, and he needs some more. So, he doesn't know the dealers. They're not going to front them. So he basically says, "All right," and he didn't have his ATM card with him. And on the spur of the moment, he says, why don't we go rob a bank? And they were up all night. So the bank had just opened early in the morning. It's sunlight out and stuff. And they're like, yeah, all right, let's do it. <laughs> let's do it. So he gives them the keys to his rent-a-car. And they go in. And he walks in wearing an Atlanta Braves hat. He kind of looks like Tom Glavin. You guys see in the picture. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> in, no disguise. Like, you know, normal-looking guy but he's blitzed out on Coke and, and crack. So he goes up to the teller and he's like, I only 1500 bucks too. So he's like, I need $1,500. I have a gun. Nobody will get hurt. Uh, just give me the money. There's someone outside waiting too. I'm not alone. Um, the teller isn't even really scared. Kind of says to the guy, are you sure you want to do this? Like gave him a chance to sort of back out. He said, you sure you want to do this? And he said, yes. Yes, and he said, give me the money. So the guy gave him $1,500, all right? Gives him $1,500. He leaves the bank without incident. And he's a couple of hundred feet outside the bank now, and the car is there. Just, t -t 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 he's going into the car. The money explodes. A red pack died. Uh, die pack. You got to be aware. Yeah, so <laughs> money. the money flies up in the street everywhere. There's red all over his hand. There's red all over the place. There's red on the money. Um, they split up. The dealers take off. They all take off. He goes back to his hotel and is sort of panicked a little bit, right? He's like, oh, my God, what happened? Then he realizes, I'm supposed to be in Augusta right now. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> I'm supposed to be in, like, then he realizes, he's like, oh, man, I'm supposed to be at work in, like, an hour type thing. Like, he's all coked up. It's in the morning. He's been on a bender all night. And he just robbed a bank. Like, it's one thing, Ken, to be on a bender and coked up. Imagine showing up, hey, Jim, Jim Nance, hey, Jim, like, kind of like lay low. You take a quick shower, you show up. Like, Pat Perez has rolled in the golf tournaments hungover. Big he shot. robbed a bank. He can't just show up. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so he then, he realizes, he's like, damn. He's like, wow, I'm going to be late. Like, I can't go. Like, I can't show up to Augusta. I can't go to work. And he's like, but that was sort of the least of his problems at the time, right? So he called the cops and he said, uh, I know who robbed the bank. And uh, he sat outside, he had a smoke, and he said he waited on, on the, the bench for them to show up. And um, <laughs> like, what a, what a story. Oh, what so, a story. so he got arrested. He got 37 months in jail. All right, he did nearly all of them. I think he did 34 or whatever. He did, he got 37 months, so it's nearly three years. He did like two and a half, three years or whatever. Uh, in jail, he did the time. 
He he works for like a porta. When he got out, he worked for a porta potty company. Right, cleaning like uh, sewage and stuff. He went from hanging out at the French Open, eating croissants and drinking fine wines, <laughs> to like working for a porta potta uh, company. Crazy, crazy story. And the thing is, we never know the real stories behind the scenes of Augusta and all these places. But basically, they said, yeah, the craziest thing ever to happen here before that was somebody shot at Tom Lehman's rent-a-car once. <laughs> Who'd want to kill Tom Lehman? Yeah, no, I know. Like, <laughs> yeah, he is a yeah, like he's nothing a, ever, nothing he's ever a, really happens here like this. Like, they were basically like, like in, in, in master's history and master's lore, so to speak. Like, this, this, one, takes the, uh, this, this one takes the cake as far as uh, what, what happened. Like I said, real legend of the game. And it sounds like a story we can sort of relate to. We've all done dumb things. We've all we thought have. about doing dumb things. The only difference is we didn't do them. 31 years old is kind of old to be doing something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Like, it, you know what I mean? like I said, I can totally understand. You got coked up. You were up all night. Oh, God. Like, you know what I mean? Who goes and robs a bank before you're going to meet Jim Nance? That's another thing. If the guy was just drinking and, like, laid off the, uh, the crack... Yeah, they, he probably crack crack equals bank robbery, right? Like if he just had even a couple rails and just had a couple drinks, he probably would have said, hey, "Okay, you know, I'm a little bit beat down. I'll go see Jimmy and the gang today, Gary McCord and crew." But uh, yeah, once you hit the crack and he's got the he's got the shakes, like uh, it's time to rob a bank. Yeah, they said the big the biggest scandal in Augusta before that, the biggest uh, uh, scandal in Augusta had been uh, when a 26 year old man fired a gun at the courtesy car assigned a golfer Tom Lehman. <laughs> Poor Tom that's, Lehman. That's uh, the best. <laughs> Somebody shot Tom Lehman. But as far as this Michael Crane guy, so then he even got dumber. Like, bad decision after bad decision. So when the cops show up, he shows up at the jail, but he gets scared because Augusta's tough. Like, people just see the gulf thing, but the county jail scared him. Uh, so he said he was suicidal because he thought if he said he was suicidal that um, he'd be safer and he'd be put alone. He wasn't. He was put in like the mental ward. Yeah, for all the other like a bunch of real suicidal people for real. Then he had to try to get out of being suicidal. He said he just made it up. Like the guy, like he wasn't like, yeah, he knew what he was doing editing, but he dug himself, uh, he dug himself. He should have stuck to the EVS machine. That's the moral of the story. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes. Don't do drugs. Don't don't smoke crack. Don't stay up all night uh, doing cocaine. And another thing, like $1,500 worth. Like, holy crap, lucky you didn't have a heart attack. That's what I say. So $1,500, like, I don't even know how you do that in one night. That's crazy. Like, yeah, yeah, you're, I'm surprised his heart didn't blow up. Good call. Yeah, so if you guys want to read the full story, it's a great read. Great. Uh, yeah, John Wertheim over at SI.com. Um, I like to get John on the program uh, sometime and uh, discuss uh, some of these great stories and what have, uh, you know, that, that uh, he's written about, what are his favorite stories and ones that he's got coming up and uh, that he's working on but uh, great job cam it's been yep. a hell, hell of a day uh, what a today. day buddy get used to it it's groundhog day buddy other than that you're on your own later get out of grid sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com